everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today we are actually celebrating Women's Day, but instead of just the day, we're just making this like the entire month of March because, of course, we couldn't pack it all into one episode. We're going to be highlighting a lot of our female Kajabi heroes over the course of March. But today I am joined by Atiqua Green, founder and CEO of That Finance Chick for the second time because we've we've already spoke. You are also on our uh, Black History Month panel. So how's it going? Thank you for joining us two times, Atiqua. Thank you. It's going well, and I appreciate being on here two times. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think that means that at least one of us is doing something right. Perhaps both of us, if we're, yeah. we're bringing you back and you, you bothered to come back. So... <laughs> We're, we're glad to have you. Uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to the panel, um, I know you gave a little you know intro there, but like like feel free to maybe get a little bit more vo- verbose on this one. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes. So, of course, I'm a Tequa of That Finance Chick. I specifically help the overthinking, procrastinating, perfectionist women create wealth building systems so they can build wealth where they are and achieve freedom to live a life they love. I've been in the finance space 12 years. It'll actually be 13 years this April. Um, and I've helped over 5,000 women start and maintain their money journey. So I'm really passionate about what I do. And I'm really passionate about women having their own financial legacies. I love it. What a what a great kind of first conversation leading into our Women's Month here. um, But like International Women's Day, um, sounds like that's kind of the the focus of your business. Yes, yes, it is. And do you just out of curiosity, like is because it's one's focus doesn't necessarily mean that that's maybe like, do you also like help out procrastinating, uh, overthinking men as well with finances or so in the beginning of my business actually helped pretty much everyone, but to get Mm -hmm. focused on my specific niche and who I was essentially called to help, I started focusing more on women. So in the beginning, yes, I helped the overthinking, procrastinating, perfectionist men. But (laughs) this time around, I'm strictly focused on the women because that's who I mostly relate to. And that's who mostly relates to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I have a feeling that there's a a story around that. And like, I think that's a, a great place for us to kind of dig in, but like kind of get us, give us all some context. Like, how did you get into this space? Like, what were you doing before that finance chick was a thing? (laughs) So um, I actually got into the finance space on accident. So I started working in the bank when I was 16. So it was like my after school job. I was a teller. And mainly it was because I wanted a first time job that didn't require me to come home smelling like French fries. So I skipped the whole, oh, every teenager's job. My first job was working for McDonald's. No. (laughs) So um, I realized one getting into the finance space and learning the ropes a little bit that I was educating people four or five times my age on like basic financial principles. And then I realized I love, you know, finance and I love the education part, but I hated being told what to do in the bank um, because there's so much red tape around what you can tell someone. And um, if you didn't, if they didn't ask, you shouldn't tell them. Like, for example, I will never forget. I got written up by a manager because I explained to a customer how to minimize the fees on her account because she just got hit over the weekend. And I'm like, well, you know, um, it's just based off of how your deposits and your uh, transactions are hitting your account. If you just make this quick change, you don't have to worry about that again. And I guess he listened to my call as an audit and he said, well, she didn't really ask about that. Um, so you shouldn't tell her anything like that anyway, because it affects the bottom line. And from there, I was like, you know what? <laughs> 
this is not something that I could do for too long, especially since everything was sales focused as well. He it's the same manager. And I had like really good sales numbers, like 80% and the floor's recommendation or, you know, the requirement was a minimum was like 15%. So I was doing very well, but this woman called in and her mom just passed away and I just got her over to where she needed to be. And he said, why didn't you sell to her? Like her mom just died. I'm, I'm not selling her anything. Like my numbers are fine for the day. And because he was so sales oriented and not customer focused on what she was trying to accomplish for that day, I had to get out of there. So after like my many experiences working in the bank, I had to figure out how I can educate people on a financial level while still being myself and while still making sure that I'm actually being impactful um, and not restricted. Wow. And kind of part of the same philosophy that I know we apply here at Kajabi too, uh, is being very, very focused on our customers. Like we're not, uh, I mean, I, I sure hope you've never hopped on live chat and had someone say, oh, just upgrade to the, you know, whatever no. plan <laughs> with no care or concern for what you actually need. That's such a cool parallel. So tell us like what, what happened next? Like I was, was that, was that the boom of that finance chick? You just went from the bank to the, the finance chick business? So I actually went from there and worked at another bank. I actually, okay. it was a repeat bank that I've worked at and it was a really great atmosphere. It was a really great company and it just, it wasn't, it didn't fit who I was and what I was trying to accomplish. I had to kind of like minimize who I was to fit company culture. And I didn't like that at all. I felt like I was losing myself. So once I got to that realization, I was like, okay, I need to figure out what my next step is. So I quit my job without any backup plan, which I never recommend for anyone. But luckily my husband was super supportive and uh, I just got the idea out of nowhere to just create like a financial platform for myself and just kind of go from there. So I went from working in the bank to I need to quit. (laughs) I made a pit stop into education for a little bit, like actually teaching. But I also realized I still didn't like being told what to do. And... And went back to like the original passion of finance and just creating my own platform. Okay. To give, give us a little bit of a timeline. Like how long ago was this for you? I want to say, well, really it's been about, this will be the fifth year. Okay. Okay. Fifth year. And talk to uh, the question that everyone, of course, like we go over this in some capacity during the show is like audience building, audience building. Like there's always that component to yes. starting your business. You quit your job without a backup plan. Let's talk about like, audience building and what that, how, how did that look for you? So it was really different because uh, I started off with Instagram, you know, that was supposed to be like the booming platform back then. And I believe in about two years, I had over 30,000 followers. It was just really creating content and partnering with other platforms to promote my posts and things like that. Um, And then now focusing on YouTube, it's all about like SEO and organic content and then focusing on like the trending, I guess the, the trending content type now, which is reels um, on Instagram and then repurposing that on YouTube as well. So it was collaborating with other platforms that that took a lot of work. Um, And then it was really focusing on trends and organic content through SEO. Okay. One of the things, and correct me if I'm wrong, I seem to recall you mentioning when we spoke during the panel, you you mentioned something of the sort of like, I'm not the type of person to do 30 posts a day or something. Yes. Am, am I remember that correctly? Yes, you are. <laughs> help, help me draw that line 
fine. Okay. So in the beginning I was doing that. I was doing it three to five times a day. And then I was going live almost every day and I was so burnt out. Um, I realized that, you know, you have to have an idea of what your business style is on top of your personality. In real life, I'm not introverted, but I'm not super extroverted either. And then I also had to take a, a step back and be like, okay, if I was my customer, how would I feel about seeing you every day, all day? And I'm like, I would be really annoyed. And even talking to my audience now, like who are in my membership, and I was telling them about, you know, me not wanting to post so many times a day, they was like, yeah, I would have unfollowed you. <laughs> so it was really figuring out who I was talking to and and how I wanted to run my business for myself, because you can imagine posting three to five times a day is a full-time job in itself. That's why there are content managers and social media managers. Um, but I really needed to figure out who I was and who, how I wanted to present myself. And I didn't want to present myself in a way that I'm just always on social media and always available because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just, uh, I guess out of curiosity, what were, were you also juggling anything else at this point in time? Or was this like your sole yes. focus? Yes. Um, you know, pretty much wearing all of the hats in my business, you know, being customer support, creating the content for like my paid programs, you know, answering emails, shipping out orders, things like that. I was wearing all of the hats. And then on top of that, I still have to be a wife. <laughs> um, I still have to maintain our home. And so I was juggling a lot and I had to figure out where to draw the line for my business. Where do I need to show up the most that's going to create the most impact, but also allow me to have the most work to life balance. I want to, I mean, I want to drill into this a little bit further, if you don't mind, uh, like, because uh, audience building is such an important topic and something that like is so critical to your success. So like, yes. I want to start by like maybe even just getting into like some of the psychology behind like, like what was, how did you strategize? Did you like, do you just jump on the Instagram bandwagon? Like you're like, Hey, this is popular and I'm going to try it. Like, how did you even come up with like what to even, where to start? So I'm going to start off with, if I knew now, or if I knew then what I know now, I would have definitely not started on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I was actually on YouTube, which is ironic because that's the main platform I'm focusing on this year. I was on YouTube figuring out, okay, what are my first steps for business? Like, where do I find customers? Where do I find my ideal audience? And um, I saw an ad from a business coach and it was talking about, oh, Instagram was a really great platform for reaching your audience. And I'm seeing people saying, oh, I'm making X amount of dollars on social media by using this one platform. So I said, okay, that makes sense. Like, let me go ahead and try it if that's where people are. So that was like the initial psychology behind it. I was being targeted in the ad and things were making sense. And it worked out, you know, for the first couple of years. But then I hit a stagnant point when I really had to sit down and kind of restructure my business. So it was, okay, yeah, you want to grow your audience and yeah, you want to grow your platform. But if I'm going to be honest, a lot of people who are currently on the platform that I have on Instagram, they're no longer my, my target audience. So there's a lot that changes in the first couple of years in business, especially when you're niching down and figuring out who you actually want to talk to and how you want to serve. Now the customer psychology for me is, okay, where does my people or where do my people hang out? They are hanging out mostly on YouTube. Yes, they're on Instagram, but they're using Instagram as a distraction. They're using it when they're at work and they're not looking for my type of content always. But I know if you're on YouTube, you're searching for that stuff. And because my particular 
particular audience and I've had conversations with them, they're like, you know, Instagram is becoming a lot for me and they take a lot of social media breaks. So I'm like, well, let me hop over to the platform where my customer is actually hanging out and they're actually looking for me instead of interrupting their day by scrolling through, you know, their multiple distractions. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about like the niching down because I think you were kind of starting to get into this a little bit earlier, how you started off with very broad focus. And now yes. you, I guess is, first of all, is the target more than just female? Or do you have like a, like a very specific archetype in mind or anything? Or Yes, definitely a specific archetype um, because I don't work with all women. Like first off, I, I work with ready women, people who know that they want to accomplish something with their finances. They just need help and they're looking for it. I don't sell, you know, the idea of why you should get your finances together. I don't have enough time in the world for that. But I realized going through the financial industry, there were so many people who had hard, fast rules like, oh, you shouldn't invest unless you're debt free or you shouldn't invest unless you're making X amount of dollars. And I'm like, that doesn't work. And then um, everyone has like conflicting views on you know their finances. And a lot of people are sitting stuck. Like, okay, they're overthinking one because there's so much content out there and they're trying to go through all the details to figure out what what, it, what exactly they're supposed to do. They end up procrastinating because <laughs> analysis paralysis, pretty much. There's so much information, they're stuck. And then they're being a perfectionist because now everyone is telling you this is the right way, this is the right way. And you're going over the details and you're like, okay, I need to make sure I make the perfect decision for myself. And I'm like, you're, it's doing too much and it's causing you to be stuck. And because as someone who's worked in the finance industry, I understand how there's a lot of over explaining simple concepts and it's leaving a a group of people out of financial stability and legacy building. So it was me identifying with a lot of those, those people, because I'm like, when I was working in the finance industry and I was even a superior to people, I've had men mansplain my position and I was like, they're superior. And I'm like, okay, I can just imagine how other women are feeling. And when I go into the bank as a customer, I've had really crazy experiences at branches that I've worked with or sister branches of a company that I've worked with because people are thinking, I don't know what I'm I'm asking for. They don't know. I know what I'm talking about. And just having those experiences inside the finance space is just, it leaves a nasty taste in your mouth. Um, so because I kind of got an understanding of how other women may be feeling on the consumer side, I was like, okay, these are women who are pretty much getting left out of creating their financial stability. Well, I'm interested in like, maybe if we can just go like straight into the hardball questions, like <laughs> it's hardball as we get around here. Like, and I'm thinking about this more from the perspective of like the person, like the person who's like just now, maybe they, maybe they're on their way to their bank job um, yeah. and they're going like, yeah, I know a lot about banking stuff, but like, that doesn't maybe that doesn't qualify me to start a course on this. Like, how did you navigate like the the credentials and the qualifications and the mindset that it took to kind of establish yourself as an expert in this space? You know, I think when people talk about being an expert in a space, they think that they've had they had to be in um, a field for X amount of years. And really, it's just if the level that you're on now, you can help the person who is uh, on a level behind you. If you can bring them up, you are more than qualified to teach whatever it is that you're wanting to teach. So in the beginning, I may have only been really great at budgeting, but there may have been people who are terrible at budgeting. Well, because I have a couple of strategies and systems. Oh, I can teach you how to budget. Now that I understand, okay, you know, this it's simpler to invest this way compared to 
people who don't know how to invest at all. I'm now qualified to teach you how to invest. So I think it's just all about if you can take what you know, package it and market it to people who don't know what you know, you're more than qualified. I can't, I cannot hear that enough. Uh, and I, I hope that, that that resonates with our listeners just as much because every time we talk about this, like I, I know just thinking like my own psychology, I'm going, well, man, what am, what would I teach a course? On? I don't know. I don't like, I'm not an <laughs> expert at anything. Uh, um, maybe an expert procrastinator or not anymore. <laughs> I used to be, but <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to buy a course on that. So like I, the, the reality is, is like, I, I don't know, um, for anyone who's listened to like a past episode we had with Daniel. Leslie, she talks about her RAS framework, which was really cool. Did you use any type of frameworks to like establish or was this finance all the way? Or did you just, did you know what you were getting into, I guess, when you got into this? No, I did not know what I was getting into when I got, um, when I, when I started, I created my personal framework, like two years down the line. Cause I was like, I didn't realize I was doing the things I'm already teaching, but I was breaking it up. Like you were mentioning, um, Danielle Leslie, and I actually took her course before, oh, um, <laughs> but when I took her course, I'm like, okay, I actually have a framework already. I just don't have a name for it. And I just haven't been marketing it as a framework. So now I have something called the dime method, like design your money effectively. And it's a 10 step system to help you pretty much minimize your money, overthinking, procrastinating, procrastination, and perfectionism. And I've packaged that in a way that I'm like, okay, this is your problem right now. You are having a hard time reaching your money goals because you know you just don't know where to start. Well, I have 10 steps for you to follow because for me, as someone who is a recovering, overthinking, procrastinating, perfectionist woman, um, I know for me, I need a step-by-step system. I need instructions and I don't need any fluff because you will lose me quickly. And because I know that as me being that person, it was easy for me to identify what type of system that I needed to pretty much create. That's cool that you took a course of a previous podcast guest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So like as you were building this out, like I think one of the things that I'm always really interested in is like you said, you've been doing this for five years. You started out with audience building. Like how long did it take? Normally we we talk about like some of the hurdles, like I don't know if this was a hurdle for you or not, but like what that look like from quit my job to making my first dollar? You know what? I would say that I started my platform August of 2017, branded it properly (laughs) by September. And I think my first sale was maybe in December. So it was a lot of me like just creating content, not really knowing what to sell, but it was like creating content around finance and then um, building my audience on my my email list and then marketing to them once I got to that point. So I'll say about three or four months before my first dollar. Wow, that's that's really impressive. And like at that point in time, were you already at the 30,000 followers or? Absolutely not. I think around that time, I may have been at maybe 2,000 followers. Okay, that, that's really achievable. Like, I mean, I know like two thousand. Like probably I, I don't have two thousand friends. I don't know about anyone else, but <laughs> <laughs> like that 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 seems like an achievable number. Uh, did you um, when you got into this? Did you focus like directly on the finance space? Did you pull over some of your personal social friends followers over? Or, like you know? I didn't tell any. Well, I told one friend, and that was actually a mistake because it ended up causing me to keep my business on the shelf for a year. So oh, when wow. I finally started, I didn't tell anybody um, except for my husband. (laughs) So that was me pretty much just starting from scratch with a bunch of strangers. How should we talk like that sounds like an interesting story. Like, should we talk about that? Like, sure. 
<laughs> yes. Tell, tell like what what is the story behind leaving your business on the shelf? Yes. So um, I had a friend that I met when I actually used to work at Nike. We kept in touch for a couple of years and I let her know after like working in the bank for X amount of years, like, Hey, you know, I think I want to do like a finance platform or create a finance business. And she was like, well, you're 24 and no one's going to listen to you. And because of that, I didn't, I didn't start my business, which is weird because again, I was 16 working as a teller in the bank and educating people four or five times my age. So why? with another eight years of age, would no one listen to me? Um, so now it's like, okay, I started my business technically at 25 and er, pretty much, no, it was 23. And I started my business at 24. And now it's almost five years where I have clients who again are different age ranges, but it doesn't matter what how old they are because they're looking at me like, oh, you actually know what you're talking about. I love how you break down information and I want to get help from you. Uh, so it's for me... I wish I didn't tell her anything, but it worked out (laughs) how it was supposed to work out. You know, Atiqua, this is something that like, I'm going to have to imagine that like anyone who's been on the precipice or on the fence of doing this, that like, like they've been through this at some, at some point, if they've told a friend and you've had that friend who's been the person who's like, ah, nobody's ever going to buy that. Like, yeah, for you or was, was there any, like, did you do any type of validation or did you do anything to like build up the confidence or did you just ultimately delay and start later? Like, I just ultimately delayed and start later. One thing about me is I'm really stubborn and <laughs> if you tell me that I can't do it, I'm going to show you that I can. <laughs> and <laughs> and that was pretty much the sole motivation of me starting it eventually. Because I was like, who is she to tell me that no one's going to listen to me or I can't accomplish this? <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to prove her wrong and I'm going to prove everybody else who would have said the same thing wrong too. I love it. So it's like, it was like, it was a little bit of motivation there too. It wasn't yes. all bad. <laughs> Very cool. Well, let's uh, kind of go back to, I guess, where you're at today. I know we've talked a lot about like the the various challenges, at least in some capacity, like building up that audience, overcoming some of the, I don't know, the adversity, I guess, associated with people telling you like nobody's going to listen to you. Like, how about like where you're at now? I don't know if you want to talk about like in terms of like however you define success um, and that's different for everyone. Where, where are you at today in this journey? I think where I am right now is is really solidifying my my business personality. You know, I was doing all of the things in the beginning because I was looking at other people's blueprint, but I finally got to like hone in on what is it I would like my business to look like? How would I like it to run? Because I don't want to work, you know, 40 plus hours every single week in my business. You know, I want to be able to be impactful, but I also want to be able to, when I do have kids to be at home with them and be present. I want to be a present wife. So I think success for me right now is, okay, I'm building out my systems. And now it's just pushing people into my systems that will work for me without me having to do so much work. When you started, did you have a, a goal in mind that you wanted to hit? Like, what were you what were you thinking back then? It doesn't have to be like anything specific. I'm just curious, like what you were thinking. Was the plan to like, like, I want to take over the world. I want to <laughs> replace the bank job or like, what? Uh, yeah, give us a little more info on that. So um, in the beginning, the original goal was pretty much to just replace my banking salary. And then now my goal is to generate enough income that I can use it to grow and then pass down, you know, even if no one wanted to take over my finance business later. So it was just really a means to let me be home and be myself. (laughs) 
because I love that. working for corporate was just not my thing. I know there are a lot of people who are really great at being nine to five employees. I am not one of them. Yeah. Well, and I think you're, you're certainly not alone. Like if you, if you're up to date or follow along with the, the whole great resignation yes. trend that's happening, like I think, think that many people throughout, like over these last couple of years of just experiencing what life is like, maybe outside of work a little bit or a different type of working. Yes. But truly you are the, the pioneer of that. Like, I, <laughs> you know, before there was a, a pandemic or a reason for it, you are already doing it. So let's talk a little bit about the kind of the bigger why behind, I mean, not just like replacing the income and the freedom, but like, what, what have you learned through this journey, given that you kind of just cut the tie with the bank and you move forward? Like, what would you maybe tell your earlier self or like what, what have been the, like the key learnings for you? If I could talk to the earlier self starting business, I would say, first off, start on YouTube because that's where your audience is going to be. And it's going to be a lot easier on, you know, who you are as a person. And also be okay with being different from everybody else. Stop trying to like follow their blueprint. Their blueprint might work for them, but it doesn't work for you as a person. I remember a business coach that I had, her business is phenomenal. She does very well for herself, but also she has a team of people and uh, she's a little bit more extroverted. So the things that she does on social media to generate income for herself or revenue is something that I wouldn't be comfortable doing because that's not who I am. But I've also resonated with people who you want to get to the point. Like I don't want to have to sift through a bunch of micro content all the time. I want to get on Google and Google, how do I create a budget or how do I, you know, invest or whatever the case is and find my answers. I don't want to have to piece together so much stuff. And that's how your audience is. So make sure you sit where your audience is and also realize that you are your first customer too. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you, you're kind of like, I know there's different, different types of businesses, but like you have like the kind of scratch your own itch. You have uh, a number of different ways. Was that for you in any way? Like, were you like starting off the budgeting process at home or, or was that is just your expertise? No, it was just something that I pretty much picked up for the bank from the bank and was really good at explaining. And then also realizing that there's more than one way to skin a cat. You don't all have to budget the same exact way. Like you budget for your lifestyle and the life you're trying to create. So I was really good at like just breaking down concepts like that. And then once I learned more, I was able to simplify it in a way that I myself would be able to understand if I was just getting started. So a lot of people have this habit of overcomplicating stuff that shouldn't be so difficult. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've done this uh, on a few occasions um, throughout the course of the show. And maybe I think it would be kind of fun to do this um, here too, like what would be like just getting in the motion of like, like your actual content and your strategies as it relates to budgeting or any other area that you feel like is worth zoning in on for anyone who's listening? Like what are kind of like the top three recommendations for anyone who's starting to get serious about their finance? Where, where do they start? So I think they should really start with figuring out what their actual goals are. So it's great to follow all these people on social media or even YouTube, but you need to find uh, someone who is going to fit what it is you're trying to accomplish. You know, if you're someone who wants to be able to still splurge while maintaining your financial goals or meeting your financial goals, then it'll give you an idea of, okay, who do I look for to help me with maintaining it? Because there are people out there that believe that, no, you shouldn't be splurging or having fun when you're trying to get your finances together. That's obviously not a good financial personality match for you. So figure out what it is you're trying to accomplish and then break your goals down into short-term goals and long-term 
long-term goals. Like, what is it that you want to accomplish within the next 90 days? Give yourself short-term wins. And then also, what is it you want to accomplish within the next five years or so? Give yourself like long-term chunks to work with so you can view your progress. And then also get into the habit of like dating your finances. (laughs) Your finances pretty much touches everything in your life. So you want to make sure that you are very intimate with your numbers and you know what it is that's coming in and going out and how you can make some changes in the event that you are seeing that, oh, I should have X amount of dollars left over per month, but I don't see that amount. What's happening? Well, when you date your finances and you audit yourself, you have an understanding of what's going on with your financial habits. And you can essentially break those habits or fix them early on instead of you know waiting four or five years down the line and realizing you spent thousands of dollars on God knows what. <laughs> Well, I guess in that, like, who are you for our listeners sake? Like, are you the no fun, all finance or tell us (laughs) what's your style? (laughs) So I am a balanced style for me. Like I, I like to be able to have fun and splurge and treat myself without, you know, negatively impacting my finances and my financial goals. So everything is about moderation. If you say, you know what, you like enjoying your daily matcha latte from Starbucks, go for it, budget for it. You know, you need to be able to budget for yes. I don't believe that you should cut out all of the fun in your your finances because I like to say all work and no play causes your financial discipline to sway. And it happens. If life feels like a big old chore and you never get a break, you end up spiraling and having a worse effect on your finances than that daily $5 latte. Yeah. Well... I guess uh, what what would you say? I don't know. I don't know if you target a demographic, but like at least as it relates to like numbers. But is this for someone who is like broke, maybe working the McDonald's job? Like, is is this for them? Is this for someone who's like already has some stability and has some money to actually budget with? Like, who do you target from that perspective? So from that perspective, uh, I typically target people who are already like in professional careers. So whether they're a teacher or they even own their own business um, or anything like that. But I've also had clients who worked for McDonald's or who are students. Like it's just all about moderation. You you budget around what you have and then tweak and scale later. That's why like in my 10-step system, the first thing that we talk about is income because you can't build wealth and you can't tackle your financial goals without income. So if you're in a place where you're like, okay, well, I don't make enough money. Okay. Well, the first thing is let's figure out how we can increase your income. Can you get a raise? Can you do a side hustle? Can you find another job or can you create like passive income? Like, what is it that you can do to create create that income? And then we can withdraw up into the next steps. Okay. Well, uh, I guess uh, the next phase, uh, I'd like to understand, was this always a course? Did you like start off, just fire up a Kajabi account and like say, (laughs) I know what I'm doing or? (laughs) No. Um, So first off, I'm super glad that I found Kajabi because in the beginning, I was piecing together so many systems that I had to be like a tech wizard in the beginning. And that was taking up so much time, which ultimately cost money. So um, I didn't have like a a course initially. Like I was selling templates. I was selling like workbooks. And then I started selling like little one-off videos here and there. Then I ventured off into selling like courses and then doing one-on-ones. But now I'm at a point where 
it's like there's only two ways to really work with me. It's either in a monthly membership or it's in my 10-week coaching program. And in the monthly membership, there's ability to do one-on-ones, but I don't do one-on-ones for people who aren't clients. So <laughs> it's it was an evolution of products and services <laughs> that I was offering. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's probably more common than not. And I, I guess I'm just glad, I'm actually glad to validate that it like you didn't just have the perfect answer to the, <laughs> the questions out the gate. I, f- I feel less bad about myself uh, when I'm thinking through all of the ideas. <laughs> well, uh, let's kind of just fast forward to, uh, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but like what for you has ultimately changed today? We've talked a little bit about how like, you know, everyone defines success differently, but like, like, where are you at now? Do you feel like you've accomplished the goals and you're on the downhill slope? Are you working towards the next phase? Uh, what's happening? Um, I think right now, because this last, this last six months, I'll say I've really just been solidifying this new system that I've been creating for business. Um, cause you know, life is getting ready to change since we're about to bring in a foster child. Uh, so I, I've been really just focusing on that and solidifying it and now just feeding the system. Um, I still have some goals that I need to accomplish to, you know, create consistency. And because I just launched my membership program, that is something that I'm really focused on. Like that is my baby right now. <laughs> well, a huge congratulations on that. That's such a, such an incredible endeavor. I've known several people that have done it and man, that is, it's, it's a lot of work, but I imagine it is very rewarding work to be doing. So really cool that you're able to do something, you know, that produces income for you that allows you to also focus in on the family elements, which is, you know, a, a big dream for a lot of people. So for anyone out there that's listening, who's kind of interested in learning more about you, getting to know your offer uh, and everything about your business, like what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? So of course, I'm all on social media platforms as that finance chick, but I actually have a text club where I um, do text me Tuesdays where people can send me their questions and I personally respond to them and I send out bi-weekly wealth building tips. Um, so all you would have to do is just text hashtag text club one word uh, to 201-258-3995 and you'll be on my text club. I love it. We'll have that in the show notes too. So everyone can find that. And is there any type of limited timeframes we should be aware of? Or is that always on? Uh, the text club is always open. Um, this <laughs> Just this past weekend, I welcomed 200 new people to the text club. Wow. How cool. <laughs> And oh, cool. it's, it's a free resource to get started because not only will you be able to text me and I actually respond to people, but you also get exclusive content that my social media doesn't see to help you move forward on your money journey. And that's digestible content. I love that. I love that. So any any financial, like what's, what's on the table in terms of financial questions people can ask? Oh my gosh. People have asked me anywhere from like real estate investing questions to, you know, car refinancing or just really starting a budget. Like there are no limits. If I can't answer something because it's like not my expertise, um, I have a list of resources that I recommend them to go follow. Very cool. Um, well, with that said, uh, I just want to open up the door for anything like, again, as mentioned in the beginning, we're celebrating International Women's Day, International Women's Month as one of our uh, female Kajabi heroes also uh, contributed to our Black History Month panel. Like, what do you have to say for any of the the, the female listeners out there um, who are considering, I guess, maybe taking a leap like this? You should definitely do it. I think you would have a lot more regrets if you don't than if you actually didn't do it. One, becoming a Kajabi hero, but also starting my business has been a game changer and an eye opener for me and the possibilities for my family. And as women who 
are trying to uh, create a balanced home life and eventually possibly have kids and a family, you want to be able to, you know, say yes to life more and your business will allow you to do that. So definitely take the leap of faith, bet on yourself. Betting on yourself is always a great return on investment. I love it. Well, that's direct from the financial advisor. You got ROI there. Um, Well, thank you, Atikwa, once again for taking the time out of your day to join us twice. Um, Thanks for having me. Anything else that you want to call out to the listeners um, before we shut shut this down and wrap it up? Really, if I could just leave with one piece of like encouragement is you deserve financial stability and you deserve to be comfortable and you deserve to say yes to life. So don't be so hard on yourself about your finances and don't be so restrictive. I love it. Well, I've got one more call out for everyone listening. I normally ask for you to leave us a review. One thing that I noticed, this is on me and not anyone else. <laughs> leave a comment too, because in order for me to shout you out on the show, I need to I need to actually see uh, the comment in there. So I know people are in there leaving the reviews for the show, but um, leave a comment so that we can actually shout you out. I'm sure. Do you do anything like that on any of your content? Do you shout out your... Yes. Like my text club, when they send me questions and I answer them via live, I shout them out in either my YouTube video or my live broadcast on Instagram. I love it. I love it. We're going to have to adopt some of that strategy. Well, once again, thank you for joining us, Atiqua. That is all we have for everyone today. Um, We'll look forward to seeing you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.